It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience. And without robbing you of the joy, of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Wilson, you sent the game winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 455 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. You are locked on Pelican. Your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider and credential member of the media, as well as editor of LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at NolaJake on Twitter. Here with you all on a jam-packed final day of the week for the podcast here, where the Pelicans are in the news, making moves. They have seemingly traded for Nikola Mirotic, the deal that maybe was dead the other day, but seems to have gained some steam and looks all but done at this point. They're also in the running for the most recently bought out Greg Monroe. We're going to talk about both those players, Mirotic and Monroe, in the first two segments of the podcast, as well as the Pel- where the Pelicans need to go from here. 
Dell Demps has been doing some work and has done a damn good job today. So we need to kind of dive in where the Pelicans stand financially. And then if we've got time at the end, we'll try and preview this OKC game, the Minnesota game, though both of these I think even are going to be losses if these moves go through, since these guys aren't going to necessarily be ready to play with or for the Pelicans just yet. So a lot to cover, a lot to go over in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. All right, so let's do this because this is a very good deal for New Orleans and an exciting day here if you are a Pelicans fan. So the news as it broke around the middle of the day was the kind of zombie resurrection of the trade for Nikola Miritich with the Pelicans sending out a 2018 protected first-round pick, center Omer Oshik, and guards Tony Allen and Jameer Nelson to the Bulls in exchange for Nikola Miritich and a second-round pick. The second-round pick is actually the pick that the Pelicans sent the Bulls to, for them to take on Quincy Pondexter, and it's coming right back to its rightful home here in New Orleans. The Bulls also have the right to swap second-round picks with the Pelicans in the 2021 draft, and then the Bulls are going to waive Pondexter to create the roster space to complete this trade. So there's all sorts of weirdness here. But basically, the crux of this deal is Miritich coming back for a first-round pick and some salary. And the Pelicans had to send those guys out in Jameer Nelson and Tony Allen to get under the hard cap. Don't forget, they were only $1.2 million away from that. And the difference between Miritich and Omer Oshik's contract is $1.9. So the Pelicans weren't able to bring him back just by himself. It sounds like Del Demps was trying to get them to take on Omer Oshik and his $4.5 to $5 million a year deal. That didn't work, so he included these one-year deals which are expiring, which is definitely a much more uh, platable uh, group of players since they're going to be off the books next year for the Chicago Bulls, who still, by the way, are under the salary cap floor. Uh, so now this puts the Pelicans $1.6 million below the luxury tax and $2.2 million below the hard cap. So they basically have room to sign two players to prorated veteran minimum exceptions, Greg Monroe, whom we're going to talk about in the second segment here of the podcast. But make no mistake, we're, we're focusing on Miritich here because this is this good of a deal for the Pelicans. Like This is one of the better trades other than the one for DeMarcus Cousins that I think Del Demps has done. One, the fact that he managed to move Omer Oshik, a guy who really wasn't playing, uh, has been phenomenal. Now, the Pelicans needed to include this first-round pick and to navigate this hard cap when maybe you'd have liked to have kept Tony Allen for the playoffs, potentially. Um, you know, certainly I think that would have been a good thing in this team, as we'll talk about in the third segment where they go next, need some guard help. So sending Allen out wasn't necessarily the ideal thing, and this had to happen because of the situation Del Demps has put them in to make this trade. So there's good and bad with it. But we knew this Pelicans team was going to be aggressive at the trade deadline to try and get into the playoffs. Demps is GMing for his job, and he's going to empty the cupboard to go out and make this team a winner and just to build some positivity and excitement and re-energize this franchise because we've seen that they have not looked very good uh, the past two games since this injury to Greg Monroe, and fans seem less than enthused with it as well. So, Nikola Mirtich, what's he going to do? How is this going to work with the Pelicans? And this is also going to depend on whether or not they sign Greg Monroe, even though that's what it's looking like now. Mirtich might be a bench player that kind of comes in with the closing unit. 
Uh, Miritich has been a very good player. He is very much a stretch for this year. He's averaging 16.8 points per game, 6.4 rebounds and hitting over two threes a game. He's hitting 2.8. He's shooting 42.9% from deep. However, he's not over his career, the best three point shooter, his rookie year in the league, he shot 31.6%. It jumped up to 39% after that, and then back down to 34.2% last season. So he's a career 36.1% shooter. He's averaging 24.9 minutes, call it 25. So in a larger role, and you know his minutes are going to go up, we're not certain if he's going to be able to maintain the same amount of production. That's definitely a concern. Uh, you know, he's only taken 161 three-pointers this year. That's not exactly enough of a sample size when it comes to shooting to say what he is or what he isn't, I guess, as well. So that's kind of the thing here. If Davis is cool playing center and he said this is what he'll have to do, even though he doesn't particularly like to play center, you have to figure him and Mirtich are going to be great on the court. One of the reasons that uh, DeMarcus Cousins and Anthony Davis worked compared to, say, Davis and Oshik or Davis and Ajinsa or Davis and really any traditional center that they've tried to pair him with is because Cousins can stretch the court out to the three-point line that you can kind of play not quite a high-low game, but an up uh, a, a low post and a, and a three-point line game with these guys because one can get out of there when the other one's attacking because they're threats from those ranges. You know, Miritich has that same kind of uh, range. He's going to stretch the defense. That's definitely a good thing here. Uh, so guaranteeing the last year of his contract next season to make this deal work, the $12.5 million, is an absolute no-brainer because he's really an excellent fit next to Anthony Davis. More than just his shooting, though, Miritich is a pretty well-rounded player. You can play him in the pick-and-roll. It's not going to be as deadly effective as the 4-5 pick-and-roll was for the Pelicans with Boogie and, uh, with Boogie and Davis, but I'm excited to see an AD Miritich pick-and-roll because he can definitely make the right passes. He's not an insane passer. In fact, I'd say Greg Monroe's probably a better passer than Miritich is, but Miritich isn't horrible in that regard as well. Uh, he has enough athleticism, even being 6'10", to put the ball on the ground and drive. He gets to the free throw line. He's a good free throw shooter. So this is kind of a, a very good um, match for the Pelicans. Again, pairing AD with a big isn't easy because you need someone who has as unique of a skill set that he does. Mirtich isn't on the level of DeMarcus Cousins, but he certainly has some of that. So that's certainly a good thing defensively he's not the best but he can make the right play at the right time he can rebound a little bit he's not great um, in that aspect so the Pelicans are still going to struggle there but when we've seen this offense go cold in the third quarter and whether or not Mirtich is going to be starting it look you at least have him coming off the bench to try and right the ship a little bit and this is certainly going to help the rotation so Good move for the Pelicans. You, the fact that he moved Omer Oshik by itself is pretty surprising and unbelievable. But Pelicans fans, you should be pretty excited for this because the Pels are trying to remake their roster in the middle of the year. That is not an easy thing to be able to do, and they're doing it successfully right now. The first-round pick, it's top five protected this coming year. If for some reason it lands in the top five and the Pels end up in the lottery, it jumps to top eight protected the year after that before finally going to unprotected um, the season after that one. If basically this con doesn't convey this year, something has gone very wrong for the Pels, and who knows what, it's, what that means. 
but for the most part, this is a great trade for the Pelicans. They bring in some depth. They bring in a big that just fits. Andrew Bogut wouldn't have been the right choice here to pair next to Anthony Davis. Greg Monroe might be, uh, and we'll talk about him in a minute here, but definitely not Bogut. This is a big who can kind of do all of that kind of work, at least offensively with Anthony Davis to make, make things work. So welcome your newest Pelican, Nikola Mirotic. So before we talk about Greg Monroe, I've tweeted about this. I talked about it a lot yesterday, and we'll make it kind of quick here. But make sure you donate to the GoFundMe for Leonce Bailey, the usher at the Smoothie King Center who recently lost everything in a fire that burned his apartment down uh, and all of his possessions inside due to no fault of his own. Go out and donate. We've got two sets of four tickets for you to be entered in a raffle in as long as you donate $10 or more for a chance to win. You can take all four tickets, go do your thing, enjoy the game with friends, family, whoever you want. Or if you want, I'll come and watch the game with you guys. We can talk basketball the entire time. So make sure it's on my Twitter, at NolaJake. Go check the GoFundMe uh, for Leonce Bailey and donate. Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast, and being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. So moving on from things that have happened, and it is official, the Pelicans have traded for Nikola Mirotic. That deal just went through. I got the official email from the Pelicans PR. They've also announced it on Twitter. Mirotic is going to be wearing number three for the Pelicans, which I guess makes a lot of sense, given that his Twitter handle is Thrikola, K-O-L-A, after the number three. So let's move on to more hypotheticals, the big one being Greg Monroe. And this makes a lot of sense for a lot of reasons, uh, particularly with the Pelicans losing to Marcus Cousins and struggling on the offensive glass, being out-rebounded the past two games to teams that are in the bottom third of rebounding in the Clippers and the Kings. So Greg Monroe being bought out makes a ton of sense. And according to Adrian Wojnarowski, uh, the Pelicans are gathering a lot of momentum and steam in the race for the big man. It sounds like it's between the Pelicans and the Boston Celtics. Uh, the Pelicans have often been linked to Greg Monroe. He is from the West Bank of New Orleans, so it's a bit of a homecoming should he sign here. They're also supposedly dangling a starting position next to Anthony Davis, meaning Miritich might come off of the bench for the Pels um, to kind of keep Davis at that power forward role because you know he doesn't really want to play center all of that much. And supposedly even Alvin Gentry has called the big man in Greg Monroe to try and sell him on coming to New Orleans. So that's a very good 
thing. It just really depends on what Monroe wants to do. If he wants money and to win, then the Celtics are the best option. They can offer him $8.4 million or some combination of that, while the Pelicans are kind of looking at a vet minimum deal due to their the closeness to the hard cap here, which is okay. He just got bought out by the Phoenix Suns, and supposedly the buyout was pretty good, and he's not really worried too much about money right now. Uh, so that's great. That's something on the Pelican side here. Monroe would fit well-ish. I'm not as high on him as others are, but he certainly would help alleviate the rebounding issues that the Pelicans have had these past couple of games. For a stretch in Detroit, if you look past his rookie year, um, the f- whole time he was there, guy was averaging basically 16 points and 10 rebounds a game. That's pretty darn good. He doesn't have three-point range, and he's not a defender in space. Um, So if you kind of space out the court, he struggles to defend the rim there. Guy's trying to take him one-on-one when he has to step out as well. That's kind of a death sentence usually for players in the NBA right now, at least bigs if you can't hit threes or defend. There's not much room for you. I mean, look at Omer Oshik here. Uh, But Monroe's coming cheap, so you're not paying him a lot of money for at least this season. He's also a very good scorer around the basket. And I was doing some research for a potential article today that got derailed by dealing with all the trade stuff that the Pelicans get away from scoring in the paint and under the basket and attacking and being aggressive in the second half of games. It's one of the reasons why I think the team struggles in the third quarter a good bit. Getting a guy like Monroe who can get you down there and get some buckets there certainly helps. He's not the most athletic guy, but this is a dude who can make some fancy passes, can do give you some of what DeMarcus Cousins does. If you go back, just again, ignore his rookie year in Detroit, this is a guy who's averaged over two assists per seat per game in every season other than his rookie year. He's got even, you know, a season or two in there where he's averaged over three assists. He can make the right passes. He can make the right read. The ball doesn't stick in his hands. He can actually just get the ball in his hands without dropping it, which is certainly a good thing as well. So Monroe will help a lot. He's also very good at crashing the offensive glass, something the Pelicans have wanted to do more of, though they kind of still struggle to do so even though this is what they say they want to do this offense is way better when they actually go after boards which is again something they just don't do and should now maybe with Monroe not being able to get back as quickly on defense and not playing around the three-point line like Boogie does you might kind of go after more offensive rebounds I think that's a realistic thing I think this is something the Pelicans are going to try and do to maybe mitigate some of their issues in transition and in the half court because look put the ball in the hoop they got to inbound it you can get back then as opposed to missing a shot and if he's trying to score near the basket certainly a good thing so Monroe makes a lot of sense and all of a sudden you have a front court of Davis Monroe and Mirtich along with maybe Diallo but you solved that third big issue that had been a problem for the Pelicans with Davis and Cousins and you've got Mirtich under contract for next year alleviating that problem once Boogie returns now hypothetically and this is assumed Monroe signs because again nothing is set yet it just looks like he's very interested in the Pelicans along with them and the Boston Celtics you would have to assume and maybe even the Houston Rockets I heard as well linked with his name Uh, so it's going to depend on what he wants to do likely wouldn't be back with the Pelicans next year they won't have any bird rights for him they're still going to be operating over the salary cap and I think they'd be content to go with that kind of three-headed monster-ish thing Mirtich, Cousins, and Davis 
But this front court rotation of these three guys right now, Monroe, Miritich, and Davis, is definitely intriguing. I think you're going to start Monroe alongside AD with Miritich coming off of the bench. But then early on, he's going to probably be one of the first subs out. You can get then a lineup going of Drew, AD, Miritich, let those two bigs space the court for each other, open up lanes for Drew, Drew Holiday to drive. Then eventually you can start making the normal substitutions, kind of get Miritich running that second unit alongside uh, Rajon Rondo, who he already knows and has played with from the Bulls last year. It gives you a lot more options and stabilizes this rotation a little bit. So certainly getting Monroe out there and letting him start, soak up some of those minutes, uh, and then getting him in when you need boards or other things makes this team a little bit more versatile as they kind of still challenge for a playoff spot. So we're about to talk about where the Pelicans are going to head next and what they need to target next as they kind of shore up this roster and finish retooling everything. But we also talked about it over at LockedOnPelicans.com in our question of the week where all of our different writers are out there giving their opinions on what they want to see the Pelicans do next. So make sure you read it over at LockedOnPelicans.com and chime in in the comments with what you want to see this team do. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And with shipping out Tony Allen and Jameer Nelson, the Pelicans all of a sudden have a need for some guard help. And we're going to look at this because this is where I think they need to move going forward. Instead of looking for wing help, which they had supposedly been looking for prior to the DeMarcus Cousins injury, I think now it definitely puts a bit more of a pressure on them to fill out this guard rotation for the back end of the season. You know, first and foremost, you have to figure Ian Clark is going to be uh, in line for more minutes. He's been averaging 16.4 so far this year, but more recently has been playing extended minutes and has played pretty well. He had a 20-point game the other night. His shooting's been pretty good for the most part in the more recent stretch, though on the season he is only shooting 30.8% from deep. But he shows he can get out there. He's done some good things that we highlighted early on in the year. So getting him more minutes certainly seems like a good thing for the Pelicans. I'd expect him to maybe get close to 30 right now. You have Rondo and Drew Holiday out there, Ian Clark, uh, and then you still are playing kind of at the three spot Darius Miller and each one more. I've been asked a lot about Frank Jackson and where he fits into this guard rotation. And the answer is he, he doesn't. He's coming back from injury. You've seen him warming up before games, looking good, still isn't doing a ton of contact just yet. But when he does get back and is fully healthy, he's going down to the G League where he will get some time and just to play and figure things out. He is not ready for the NBA right now. We've seen what happens to very raw players. They foul a lot. 
they get burned on D. You've seen that with Diallo. Yes, they bring some energy, but that only gets you so far. It basically comes down to getting some guys that you can trust on this team. I don't think the coaching staff fully trusts Rondo anymore. Again, you haven't seen him really play in the second or fourth quarters very much. Ian Clark can fall out of this rotation at any time. He's getting minutes now, but he was getting minutes early on in the season, and then we saw what happened there. If his shooting goes cold, he can be a bit of a liability on offense. That's why you'd like to get someone maybe the coaching staff trusts, a veteran player, and someone who will try very hard on defense. That's kind of the bigger thing. We've seen the Pelicans in the third quarter have a lot of issues, and their defensive rating skyrockets tremendously during that period. Someone who can come in, settle things down, is definitely on the wish list for the Pelicans. Now, whether that's going to be on the buyout market, I'm not sure. You know, the buyout, the Greg Monroe buyout came very early on in the process. It's usually after the trade deadline and usually a week or two after that, at, you know, kind of the least, that you tend to see people uh, on the open market then. So getting this done early is not the norm. This might not be something that the Pelicans... Uh, fill out until, you know, maybe 25 games or so, maybe less than that, left in the regular season. So, it, it, which is an okay thing, to be honest. You have enough people here in depth and talent to kind of get you far. Holiday's been playing very well. And after this deal with Mirotic going through, they have $2.2 million in space to the hard cap. It's a great situation because now you can sign Monroe to that veteran prorated minimum and then another guy as well. So the Pelicans going forward still have a lot of flexibility to kind of address the roster as they see fit. And then if you do sign, you know, uh, Monroe and then have Miritich out there, and we don't know if they're going to play against OKC uh, tonight, you might be looking at them playing against Minnesota on Saturday on the second night of a back-to-back, but even then you might not, meaning you're going to have some rough minutes and a small rotation coming up tonight and potentially tomorrow as well. But by waiting, you can see if this front court works, if the wing uh, position is where you need some help. There's still other guys out there that you might be able to get with that. Or if it really is the guards, do they mesh together? Does Rondo work as well as you would hope with Miritich? Or does having him and Monroe out there at the same time with Anthony Davis complicate things too much? And you need to maybe look at a different direction. So you still have the flexibility. You'll still have a plethora of options available. And for a team that's offering minutes, that can be a very big selling point in getting some of these guys on the buyout market. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. Not enough time to really preview the games today, but these two aren't really going to matter since this roster is still in flux and being kind of remade in the middle of the season, which is not an easy thing to do. So good on Dell Demps for getting the trade for Miritich done. You know, kind of giving the Pelicans a little bit of insurance with this DeMarcus Cousins injury, still helping them march towards the playoffs. Of course, if they sign Greg Monroe over the weekend, we'll talk about it more on Monday. We'll recap these two games as well. And don't forget to donate to the Leonce Bailey GoFundMe and help him replace some of the lost stuff that he lost tragically. Win some tickets to a game. Come sit with me. We'll hang out. We'll talk hoops the entire time. So thank you all for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at NolaJake on Twitter. And we'll be back with you all on Monday. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. 
When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.